Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Smith. Thankful for this another wonderful opportunity to share the Word of God. We're in the book of First Peter and chapter 1. Peter speaks to us concerning the love of God, the grace of God, and the lives of his children, and that God demands that you and I, after salvation, would live a life that is holy unto him. Let's pick up in 1 Peter in chapter 1 and beginning in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We thank God for the triune God. Here we see God the Father mentioned, and God the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe in one God who eternally exists in three persons, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And the text says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy, by definition the term mercy means God not giving me, that which I deserve. I deserve the wrath of God because I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Because I am a sinner, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. But because of the love of God, the love of the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus would endure the agony the pain, the shame, the ridicule of the cross. And he became my redeemer. He died on the cross, was placed into the burial, and rose again from the dead. And so the text says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Because Jesus lived, we shall live. And we certainly believe in the resurrection of Christ. And the Bible reveals the fact that he arose. And I think of the great passage here in the book of 1 Corinthians and chapter 15. In verses 3 and 4, we see the definition of the gospel, the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But also in chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians, we see many eyewitnesses of the resurrection of Jesus. Note here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning in verse 3, For I deliver unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. We've said that the definition of the gospel is the death and burial and resurrection of Christ. And here we see the scriptorial passage that declares the message of the gospel in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 3 and 4. But we're talking about the resurrection, note verse 5, and that he, personal pronoun he refers to the Lord Jesus Christ, was seen of Cephas, 
then of the twelve. After that he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. Verse 7. After that he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. Verse 8. And last of all he was seen of me also as of one born out of due season. Paul says, the significance, the authority of the resurrection of Jesus Christ had not resurrected. Christianity would not be true, would not be powerful. It would be like any other false religion. But Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is a relationship with the living God. And because Christ lived, we too shall live. And we shall live eternally. And so that's what Peter says here in 1 Peter chapter 1. As we look again in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Verse 4, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fade not away, reserved in heaven for you. Verse 5, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. That because Jesus lived, we too shall live eternally. And we are kept by the power of God. That God's promise cannot fade away. We've made our reservations in heaven. Because of believing in, accepting, inviting the Lord Jesus Christ to come into our heart and to save our soul. And when we do, we are eternally saved. It is impossible for the reservations to be canceled. We are indeed heaven bound whenever the Lord calls and we make our transition home. Although we are not looking for the undertaker, we're looking for the uppertaker. We're looking for the rapture of the church, but we rejoice in knowing that the promise of God can never disappear will never disappear, will never go away. And there are several verses in the New Testament that speak to us concerning the validity of the fact that once saved, always saved. There are denominations that teach that when you sin, you lose your salvation. If that's the case, no one will make it. Because although we're saved, and yes, now we have the indwelling Holy Spirit, I still have this Adamic flesh. I still have this sinful flesh. This flesh which has the propensity and the desire to sin. And we thank God that because of the indwelling Holy Spirit, we can overcome some of the temptations of the flesh because of devotion unto the Lord and studying the word of God and walking with the Lord. God is able to deliver us. When we talk about salvation, a one word definition for the term salvation is deliverance. 
And we are delivered not only from paying the penalty of sin, but we're delivered from the power of sin as we think of our ancient foe, the devil, who will tempt us to do wrong. But also we're delivered from the person who sins, me. I cannot blame everything on the devil. Some of it is just the lust of my flesh. And then one day we shall be delivered from the very presence of sin as we think about and as we talk about going home to be with the Lord. And so, because of the resurrection, Christianity is true. And we shall eternally live because our Savior has risen. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And here we find in St. John chapter 5, verse 24, another verse that confirms the fact that we are no longer condemned. The Bible says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that hear my word and believe on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. And then we see again in St. John in chapter 6, as we consider this great verse, verse 37, All that the Father give me shall come to me, and him that come to me I will in no wise cast out. The Lord says when we place our faith in him and accept him by believing who he is, that he's God, and believing what he has done, that he died on the old rugged cross, was placed into the grave and rose again from the dead, and then to invite him to come into our heart. The Lord says he will never forsake us. He will never throw us away. What a great truth in John chapter 6 verse 37. All that the Father give me shall come to me, and him that come to me I will in no wise cast out. There are several verses that speak to us concerning this truth. Note another passage in the book of St. John. St. John, we see more verses on this great truth that speaks to us here in St. John chapter 10 and verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never, 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 perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. We shall never perish. Jesus is alive. He is alive. And he is alive in our heart because of accepting him. And one day we'll see him face to face. Note another passage. I want you to be grounded in this biblical truth because it is very important. And there, there's erroneous teaching and doctrine in the world to refute this great truth. Here in 1 John, 1 John in chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5, and let's consider verse 13 this great passage. And the Bible says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name 
of the Son of God. When we come to 1 John, John, the same writer that God used to write the Gospel of John, as well as 2 John, 3 John, and the book, the Revelation. Here in 1 John, we see three themes. The theme, fellowship, the theme, love, and the theme, know. K-N-O-W. There are things that God wants us to know. Not guess, not assume, not wonder, but know. To know them like we know our name. And we see again, as I read verse 13, These things have I written unto you, that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know, there it is, that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And our salvation is secure because of the resurrection of Jesus. What a great truth. Let's go to Jude, and then I want to go back to Romans, or go to Romans. Let's go to Jude, and let's look at the latter verses in the book of Jude. Jude, the half-brother of Jesus, and also James, the half-brother of Jesus. And Jude speaks to us concerning contending for the faith, to be so grounded in the word of God that we're able to refute, not argue, refute error when we hear it. There's only one chapter in the book of Jude. And let's begin in verse 24. Now unto him, the benediction. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. We are anchored, we are secure in Christ because of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I have to turn to one more as we consider the book of Romans, Romans in chapter 8. Because every now and then you will hear people who would say, well, what if a person commits suicide and they don't have a chance to ask for forgiveness? Well, we certainly hope that a person would not do that. We certainly hope that a Christian would not be so blue and so depressed that they would do that. As we live life, man that's born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble. We know that. We know that in this world we shall have tribulation. And, but we also know as a Christian that the Lord promised never to leave us nor to forsake us. That we may boldly say God is our helper and we fear not what man will do. But we believe that once saved, always saved. And that's what these verses have spoken to us. Note the text, Romans chapter 8. Let's pick up in verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or pearl, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Verse 38, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able, I love that, 
shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so as we come back to our original text in, in closing of this particular session, back in 1 Peter, 1 Peter in chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope. How? By the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fade not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for Jesus. And I pray, beloved, that you know Jesus Christ as your Savior. The Bible says that if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you're not saved, all you have to do is say, Father in heaven, I believe that Jesus is God. And I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and that he was placed into the burial and that he rose again from the dead. I invite Jesus Christ to come into my heart and save my soul. Thank you, Father, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We thank God for eternal salvation. Amen. After salvation, I want to encourage you to read your Bible. Want to encourage you to go to a Bible teaching church and learn the word of God. Learn how to live. Learn what to do. Yes, God has a great plan for your life. Thank you, Lord. I thank you.